0: Clearly, the world awaits a man who has all the answers to the ongoing crises everywhere. So where is all of this going? Well, the World Economic Forum demonstrates a lot of the ways Antichrist will come to power. His agenda will not appear out of thin air. It will be presented as the only solution to a series of problems, problems so out of hand that they threaten, or at least seem to threaten, the well-being of every person on earth. WELCOME TO UNDERSTANDING THE TIMES RADIO WITH JAN MARKELL, RADIO FOR THE REMNANT, BROUGHT TO YOU BY OLIVE TREE MINISTRIES. TODAY JAN CONCLUDES A TWO-PART SERIES WITH PASTOR J.B. HICKSON ON THE RUSH TO GLOBAL GOVERNMENT. BIG BROTHER'S PUSH, NEW SURVEILLANCE SOCIETY, AND HOLLYWOOD'S LOVE OF THE PARANORMAL ARE ALL CONNECTED AND THEY ARE PART OF THE LAST DAY SPIRIT OF ANTICHRIST WHICH JESUS CHRIST CONQUERS AND DEFEATS we hope you find this two-part series helpful as we try to understand the times of these last days. Here is today's programming.
1: In the face of the global threat of the coronavirus, the world is longing for a leader. Paul Henry Spock was a former Belgium prime minister and one of the principal architects of what has now become the European Union. His words in 1956 regarding an economic meltdown in Europe, seem almost prophetic in our day. Spock wrote, We do not want another committee. We have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, and be he God or devil, we will receive him.
2: Welcome to part two of our programming here on Understanding the Times Radio. Last week, we did part one with Pastor J.B. Hickson, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. Because we're carrying two of his books, and we're focusing heavily on volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, you can find my interview of him concerning volume one, just go to org and then go to radio. And I believe we played volume one emphasis Thanksgiving weekend of 2022. And then actually the spring before that. So we're continuing here talking about the globalist agenda. We talked last week for an hour about the World Economic Forum, about the Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari agenda. And we're going to continue on with that. But we're going down some different alleyways in this hour What is Agenda 2030? Talk a little bit about secret societies and how they play into this agenda. We'll talk about some strange happenings, such as the incredible increase of UFO sightings. What does that mean? Could they be a part of this agenda if, in fact, they are demonic, which is what we believe? How about the one world religion? How does that play into our discussion? What about the gender surrender movement, the narcissism epidemic? The decline of christianity even here in america so i'm welcoming back for program number two pastor jd hickson from plum creek chapel sedalia colorado jb welcome back
3: great to be with you jan thanks for having me on
2: well we really talked about some intriguing issues last weekend reviewing the world economic forum that met in mid-january and that topic continues to play in part two but i want to get to some more specific things and i want to start by asking you Why do the globalists seem to be targeting the 2020s? Because they've got Agenda 21, they've got Agenda 2030. You write in your book that even Alice Bailey, who was an occultist going back 100 years ago, in her writings, she said something was going to happen by 2025. Apparently, spirit guides are talking to these people. Would I be right? You are right. This is a Luciferian agenda, what we
3: call globalist, they call themselves Luciferians, and that's the biblical term as well. And the closer the Luciferians get to the culmination of their evil plan, the more they telegraph it. They write about it. They talk about it. They really believe that the coming new world order is a fait accompli. They think it's over. But of course, they forget ultimately that God is the arbiter of his eschatological timetable. The book of Acts tells us known to God from eternity are all his works, Acts 15:18. And Daniel tells us that it's God who, quote, changes the times and the seasons and removes kings and raises up kings. But if you go back, the last time Satan made a major run at ushering in the New World Order was during World War II. Those who survived Hitler's genocide were the ones who saw it coming and prepared for it. Just because these Luciferians set deadlines and timetables does not mean it's going to happen, but it also does not mean we should ignore it. So you go back 100 years ago Rudolf Steiner was a Luciferian. He was an Austrian philosopher and self-proclaimed psychic. He was the founder of the satanic spiritual movement called Anthroposophy. In 1925, he said, In the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a healthy point of view, there will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit materialistic doctors will be entrusted with the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against this or that disease. So in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. So you have to ask, how did he know what he knew and what was his source of information? You mentioned Alice Bailey. She's a Luciferian disciple of Helena Blavatsky. Blavatsky, of course, was the founder of the Theosophical Society. Before her death in 1949, Bailey wrote over 10,000 pages that made their way into 24 different books. They published them, by the way, by a publishing company that she and her husband Foster had created called the Lucifer Publishing Company. Again, these people call themselves Luciferians. And she claims to have channeled information from this spirit guide that is called Master DK. And I get into a lot more detail in Chapter 4 of Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. She has 15 different references to the year 2025. And remember, she wrote this almost a century ago. Mm -hmm. It starts with Agenda 21, which came out of the 1992 Rio summit. And by the way, a lot of people misunderstand the reference to 21 there. The Agenda 21 was referring to the 21st century, Mm -hmm. that by the 21st century, they wanted to roll out their one world government plan. But then they re-upped and created, in 2015, the Agenda 2030. That's the one that we're under now. Essentially, it's a plan that, by the end of this decade, they want to have everything completely controlled and have the populace under their thumb. Christian Hammond, who is the co-founder of Narrative Science, who specializes in forecasting, he said, by the mid-2020s, 90% of news will be generated by an algorithm most of it without any kind of human intervention.
2: Would the Great Reset of the World Economic Forum be a part of this agenda 2030 then? Absolutely. The World Health Organization, the
3: UN, and the World Economic Forum have merged together, and they're all singing the same tune, Build Back Better, the Great Reset. And it's all this multifaceted march toward a one-world political, religious, and economic system
2: you write about secret societies and folks some of you have my dvd hidden in plain view the new world order in bible prophecy you can find it in my store it complements what jb hickson is writing here and in that dvd jb i do look at a lot of secret societies and folks We're not being conspiratorial to talk about these societies. My goodness, the Bilderbergers, the Freemasons, the Rosicrucians, the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, all sorts of them we don't have time to get into. They exist, and they don't exist for benign reasons. There's usually something very dark and secretive around these secret societies. But, JB, let me ask you, the globalists specialize in secrecy. They use Secret societies, in some cases, they have hand gestures. Sometimes they cover one eye. Again, not trying to be sensational here at all, but it's just fact. Then these secret societies rule from the shadows. How does this play into what you're writing about?
3: In spirit of the antichrist the whole premise is first john 4 3 that the spirit of the antichrist is already at work among us and so we take a look at what he's going to be doing during his seven-year reign of terror and we have a lot of biblical data on that from the old and new testament alike and then we overlay that to our world today and we see an incredible upsurge in these things and the bible paints a picture of the antichrist during the future tribulation that is one of great power It follows then that we should see powerful people doing powerful things at the behest of Satan in these run up to the end times, and that's exactly what we're seeing. A lot of that power is based upon secrecy. There's a motif in scripture contrasting light with darkness. Evil is not usually done in the light of day, although the closer we get to the return of the Lord, we're seeing more of that. There's just this brazen immorality everywhere. But generally speaking, evil is done under the cover of darkness. People don't break into your house and borrow daylight. They do it in the night under cover of darkness. The secret societies definitely play a role. Now, I want to be clear that they're not all interconnected. It's not this monolithic program where they're all meeting in some big secret society headquarters and mapping out their plans. They're all pretty isolated and they have very narrow purposes and focuses for the Luciferian agenda, but they wield a lot of power. And we see groups like Freemasonry, the Skull and Bones there out of Yale, even Rosicrucianism, are all serving a purpose in this Luciferian agenda to secretly move the ball forward in their march toward the one-world system.
2: Freemasons, Albert Pike, and they rule from the shadows, they use all sorts of signals to communicate who they are. How do you see these groups affecting the world today? All of these groups were promoting a one-world globalist type of a system, were they not? Even the Illuminati promoting a one-world system—
3: Yes, that's the common theme that ties them all together. They started in different centuries and started for different purposes, <laughs> but clearly there's one central leader, and that's Satan himself, who's trying to usher in this one world system. But 1 Peter 5.8 tells us we've got to be sober, be vigilant, because our adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So we have to always be on guard, noticing what might not be readily apparent. We have to call out the hidden agendas and be watching for those trench-coated strangers that are lurking in the shadows, and that's what these secret societies are all about.
2: We're carrying J.B. Hickson's two-volume set. We're focusing heavily on volume two of Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, And as I've introduced both programs, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well, perhaps like never before. It's simply overwhelming. The turmoil in the land, we're watching on the news on a nightly basis. We're seeing the rabble rousing that would be speaking mildly. JB, I wanted to direct our conversation to a couple of things. First of all, some of the names that are prominent in this rush to the one-world system. Obviously, the entire Rockefeller family was so prominent. You write about that, their rush to one-worldism. And you brought out something that I found was interesting, that this whole effort of globalism, the rush to the one-world system, picked up steam about a 100 years ago, say in the 1917, 18, 1920s, about the time of the Balfour Declaration, by the way, which paved the way for Israel becoming a nation. Can you expound on that for a moment or two
3: it definitely picked up steam around the early 20th century and especially with world war one you had the league of nations which was an early attempt to get across the finish line from the luciferian agenda a lot of that relates to america america is a key part of this world situation right now because god has used america mightily to advance the gospel and to advance truth they recognized back in the early 1900s that they were going to have to do something to bring down America before they can accomplish their globalist agenda that's when groups like the rockefellers the carnegies some of the other massive wealth families that are part of the bloodlines of the luciferians going way back got together and they intentionally set about controlling systematically certain facets of American culture, including education, the economy, medicine. And they have gotten to the point where we are now rapidly becoming a post-Christian nation. And once we're there, then it's just a matter of pulling the strings and bringing the downfall of this country. They call it build back better or order out of chaos. They've got to destroy before they can rebuild according to their specifications.
2: I'm moving to a different topic in the book under the category of tightening the grip. You say this, all around us, we see evidence that the globalists are rolling out a comprehensive surveillance system with the police state to enforce the world is rapidly becoming a prison planet. Red light cameras, Alexa, Siri, Google Home, drones, and much more are converging to create a world with zero privacy. They are tightening their grip. And then you go on to talk about Big Brother surveillance, which quite frankly is nothing new, but it has achieved some sophistication again, thanks to technology, as I just stated. And you bring out something that happened last summer in your state, Colorado, as an illustration, how if they want to, and they probably will, control how we heat or cool our homes. I wanna play a short clip and then come back and talk about it.
1: This is a warning for any folks who have a smart thermostat in their home. You have to watch this video. We're expecting a blistering 95 degrees here tomorrow, and during these dog days of summer, of course, it's so important to keep your home cool.
2: Oh when thousands of XL customers in Colorado tried adjusting their thermostats Tuesday, they learned they couldn't. Denver 7 Consumer Investigator Jacqueline Allen talked with some of those customers. Jacqueline, they're upset they had no control
4: over the temp in their own home. That's right, and you know, Excel is calling calling this a rare energy emergency. And yes, they took over tens of thousands of smart thermostats here in Colorado. For the first time, there was nothing homeowners could do about it. Another hot one today with temperatures in the low 90s. Even Mike Nelson would tell you Tuesday was a hot one.
5: The heat goes on. Which
4: is why Tony Talarico tried to crank up the AC.
5: I mean, it was 90 out, and it was right during the peak period.
4: That's when he found out he had no control of his thermostat. A message from Excel on his thermostat saying temperature locked during an energy emergency.
5: And normally, when we see a message like that, we're able to override it. Um, in this case, we weren't, so our thermostat was locked in at 78 or
4: 79. It Turns out he's not alone. Excel confirms to contact Denver 7, 22,000 customers were locked out of their smart thermostats for hours on Tuesday. It's a voluntary program. Let's remember that this is something that customers choose to be a part of um, based on the incentives. Excel VP Emmett Romine says customers enrolled in the Colorado AC Rewards Program sign up to get money back, but give up some control for the greater good.
2: You're listening to Understanding the Times Radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line from Colorado, J.B. Hickson. You can learn more at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. He pastors Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, and is a prolific author. J.B. Hickson, you tie this to the spirit of the Antichrist and the gathering cloud of deception. How did you reach that conclusion?
3: That thing that happened in August of last year in Denver is a perfect illustration of what the great satanic reset is going to look like when all thermostats are controlled globally. I've said for years, anytime you hear the word smart, you ought to be leery of that word smart. When you see smart home, smart meter, smart washer and dryer, smart TV, smart phone, you should always think spy. Because whenever someone puts smart in front of something, it's because they think you're stupid. And what their goal is, is for full-spectrum planetary control. It's right out of Revelation 13. Yeah, they can shut off your electricity. They can shut off your stove. They can control things. When you give them access through the web to this Internet of Things, it's all about surveillance. Remember, Satan is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He cannot see everything at once. So if he's going to, as the book of Revelation describes through the Antichrist and the false prophet, have a full spectrum planetary control, he's going to have to use technology and other means to be able to do that. Whenever you see the word smart, think spy. It's their way of being able to watch and control everything that you're doing. In fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of Aman Javi. I'm not sure if he's a believer, but he's really a leading expert on the whole smart city and Internet of Things concept. And he said, smart city is just a polite word for an invisible, open-air concentration camp. And that's really what they're trying to roll out.
2: You say the globalists intentionally cultivated social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and others with the goal of global surveillance in mind. Do we need to stay away from it?
3: In an ideal world, yes. In an ideal world, we would not give them access to the data-harvesting tools like social media. They absolutely did roll those out on purpose because we see the blueprint that they used in China so that they can track what you're saying, where you're going, who you're hanging out with, what your political and religious views are. My philosophy is in these great last days, we want to get the gospel out as much as we can and as fast as we can. Our passion is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel at NBW Ministries. We do use social media simply for that outlet. But we do it eyes wide open and recognize that it is ultimately, like everything else, that God created for good, Satan's going to take it and turn it for evil. We know that it may be short-lived, but we believe the risk is worth the reward in getting it out there. I mean, the fact of the matter is, every single thing we say in that chapter in *The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2 on surveillance, is tracked. Anything you go to on the internet, with the cameras, even driving around, with the smart cars, you really can't escape it. So we need to recognize what we're dealing with and then do our best to use it to get the gospel out there.
2: Then you move on to the demonic aspect that is playing into the spirit of Antichrist. We've got the exponential study of the paranormal, the UFOs. Even Tucker Carlson has been trying to hammer a weight at that for the last two, three years. JB Hickson, you and I believe that UFOs are simply a demonic experience, and I've dealt with this on air a dozen times. They began intensifying, becoming prominent around 1947-48 as Israel was being rebirthed. I think Satan took notice. Let me just play a clip here of Tucker Carlson and then come back and talk about it because I'm intrigued when not only the government but the entertainment industry is beginning to take notice. WE'VE INTERVIEWED A
1: NUMBER OF EXPERTS ON THE SHOW, PEOPLE FAMILIAR WITH FOOTAGE IN THE POSSESSION OF THE U.S. MILITARY WHO HAVE SAID THERE IS TAPE OUT THERE OF UNIDENTIFIED FLYING OBJECTS DESCENDING FROM THE SKY AND THEN DISAPPEARING INTO THE OCEAN. WELL, TODAY THAT VIDEO EMERGED. THE PENTAGON HAS JUST CONFIRMED THAT THE FOOTAGE IS REAL. YOU'RE SEEING IT NOW ON YOUR SCREEN. IT WAS TAKEN BY THE COMBAT INFORMATION CENTER on board the USS Omaha on July 15th, 2019, off the coast of San Diego. As far as we know, the UFO in question was never recovered. There was no material indicating a crash. More than that, we don't know. Tom Rogan is a Washington Examiner columnist, well-versed in the subject. He joins us tonight. Tom, what do you think we're looking at here?
5: Uh, Well, I think we may well be looking at a a true unknown, which is to say... uh, Intelligently controlled uh, machinery uh, that is uh, not understood to be in the possession of the United States, China, or Russia, uh, which are the most three most advanced uh, countries in terms of um, military uh, aviation. And and so, you know, the video in and of itself is is limiting what it can tell us. But I think it speaks to, uh, as the Pentagon itself has admitted, uh, this continuing uh, trend of of truly unexplained things. Coming into the public consciousness more than they have before.
1: If you listen to this with the sound up, you can hear the guys who are monitoring this video in real time gasp when it seems to disappear beneath the waves. So, this kind of takes the weather balloon off the table or some meteorological phenomenon off the table. I mean, clearly, we're looking at something that is, as you just put it, being intelligently controlled and it's going underneath the ocean and then disappearing. I mean, you're we're sure that this could not be a foreign nation
5: in control. Yeah, I, I, that is the. Yes, and that, that is why you see um, people like Senator Rubio leaning into the subject, uh, the military Office of Naval Intelligence, which really leads the military effort researching this. Um, there isn't anything that we have top secret information uh, about what China or Russia have or what we have at Area 51. Uh, that can do what these things do in terms of the variable performance. And I think specifically relevant to this video, uh, in the coming months and and years, an area which we will learn more about uh, is the interaction of U.S. Navy submarines, nuclear uh, ballistic missile submarines and attack submarines, um, picking up sonar contact of things moving um, at hundreds of knots under the water. Um, And so there is an undersea dimension to this uh, THAT THE NAVY HAS SORT OF PUSHED OFF TO THE SIDE AS THE PILOTS uh, TALK MORE ABOUT THEIR EXPERIENCES. SO so THERE'S A LOT MORE TO COME OUT, I THINK, IS is THE BEST WAY TO PUT IT.
1: HUNDREDS OF KNOTS UNDERWATER. I MEAN, I THINK ALL OF US CAN IMAGINE OBJECTS MOVING AT INCREDIBLE SPEEDS IN THE AIR, MAYBE EVEN APPROACHING, right, YOU KNOW, THE SPEED OF LIGHT, POTENTIALLY. BUT HUNDREDS OF KNOTS UNDERWATER, I DON'T THINK MOST PEOPLE CAN EVEN DIGEST THAT. THAT'S BEEN RECORDED?
5: N- uh, that, that's what I've heard from sources, uh, very good sources, and that the Navy has the data. And one of the big things, Tucker, that I think as we move towards this um, director of national intelligence report, uh, and I do know that the various agencies are actually taking that more seriously than people might expect, uh, as is DNI, um, one of the things we're going to find is that over a period of decades, a lot of the data, uh, a lot of the, the measurement of these things, um, has been put off as technical aberration uh, or essentially yeah. a data malfunction because they didn't want to really admit that something very serious and special is going on I mean some of
1: this behavior challenges our understanding of physics so I, I think this is going to it's going to change a lot of perceptions
2: none of these secular sources JB hickson refer to the demonic here which I find interesting but How does what we just heard fit into the expanding influence of the spirit of Antichrist?
3: As we see things heating up on Earth, and clearly they are, as we talked about on last week's program and with the World Economic Forum and the globalist agenda, whenever you see things heating up on Earth, that means things are heating up in the heavenlies, because it is ultimately a spiritual battle. So last year marked the 75th anniversary of what experts call the modern UFO era. It started in 1947, and as I outline in Chapter 9 of Spirit of the Antichrist, and again, folks can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org to see the chapter and subsection headings. As I discuss in there, I believe that was significant, 1947, because it was coming out of World War II when Israel became a nation again in 1948, and there was already talk about it reestablishing the nation-state of Israel. And I believe Satan and his arsenal of demons heard that, reported back to Satan. And he realized that if that's the case, because he knows God's word better than most Christians, he just doesn't believe it's true. He thinks he's going to win. But when he heard that, he thought, hey, we must be getting close to the end game if Israel's going to be back on the map again. It's my belief that it is demonic and that a lot of these UFO sightings that have proliferated and that the government has been studying extensively for 70 years, even though they denied, deny. eventually they started admitting it. I believe all of that is demonic in nature. Satan sending out reconnaissance missions and working his evil plan with his demonic co-conspirators to try to set the stage for the coming one world system. And it was really 2017 when finally the rest of the world woke up to what many ufologists and others who have been studying this, like I have for many decades, had been saying, and that is UFOs are real. Just a question of what are they? Now, unfortunately, at the secular world, the military and others, they think it's some kind of Martians from another planet. They don't see through a biblical worldview the way we do. But we believe it fits perfectly with what the Bible describes as the spiritual warfare and the cosmic struggle that's taking place. And I believe it all is a sign of the times that we're getting closer and closer to the return of the Lord.
2: There are various levels of involvement with UFOs and their inhabitants. Some of them are definitely creepy. You've got some folks actually seeing things. You've got Roswell where a craft crashed in the late 40s. So this is not child's play. This is serious.
3: It absolutely is. And I have an interview that I did that is just fascinating in chapters 9 and 10 there that talks about the demonic component of this and demonic entities. And again, we're not being sensational here. We're saying, hey, this is what God's word says. Everything has to be run through the grid of scripture. Jay Allen Hynek established what's called the Close Encounters Scale, which is what scientists use to categorize different interactions with UFOs. And even though we may disagree with their speculation about what these unidentified flying objects are, the government now calls them UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. It is helpful to understand the different types of interactions. So that interview, at the person's request, we used a pseudonym, but he's called Paul Miller in the book. It's something that will chill you to the bone because he became a believer after 46 years of demonic attacks. And he validated a lot of what we have said in the books about the Luciferian agenda and the Luciferian earthly leaders. And amazing how God eventually led him to the gospel. He believed the gospel, became a Christian, and was rescued from that.
2: We're going to continue this in part two of my programming. Again, talking to Pastor J.B. Hickson, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, basing much of our comments on book two, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering, Cloud Reception. Find it in my online store. Give my office a call. Find it in our various newsletters. And I'm coming back in just a couple of minutes, and we're going to wrap up our two-part series, part one, on the website, olivetreeviews.org, and go to radio back in a minute welcome back i'm so pleased to be talking to author jb hickson we're carrying a couple of his books let me quickly say that we are so happy to be announcing the olive tree ministries app it is available in the app store for apple and the play store for android and you can search for the olive tree ministries logo the star and dove this app is amazing it'll provide easy access to our radio programs you could live stream or buy monthly events You can read our articles online. You can go straight to our social media channels. You can watch the right YouTube channel. As you know, folks, I've said for a year or two that we have hijackers on YouTube that have stolen at least 500 of our videos. So you need to use our app, Or if you're searching YouTube, you can look for 186,000 subscribers. That's the only legitimate Olive Tree YouTube channel. Or you can watch our videos on Rumble, And you can watch them on our website as well, olivetreeviews.org and go to radio. And you can watch them on his channel, Christian TV. I'm featuring Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering, Cloud of Deception, Pastor J.B. Hickson last week and this week. This is part two. We're talking about various phenomena that are a part of the Spirit of the Antichrist. Part one of this particular program, we were talking about the UFO invasion, which we believe to be demonic. Though the secular world doesn't look at it that way, but it seems to me that would be the only logical answer to what's happening as far as the UFO phenomenon appearing now since about the late 1940s until the present. It was happening in the 1800s, and they looked a lot different back then. Pastor J.B. Hickson, we're covering as many of the topics in your books as we can, obviously, in two hours. You include in book two The Narcissism Epidemic. I'm just curious as to how this fits into the spirit of Antichrist. I would see it as a part of 2 Timothy 3, the decline of the character of man, the me-me generation. Why do you put it under the spirit of Antichrist?
3: Because it's part of the spirit of pride. So the whole premise of the two-volume series is I came up with seven spirits of the Antichrist that are characteristics of the Antichrist that come straight out of Scripture then we take those and overlay them on culture and world events today, and we see an uprising in them. And so pride obviously is fundamental to that. It's what brought Satan down, as we read about in Isaiah 14 to begin with, it ultimately underlies all sin. The closer we get to the rise of the Antichrist, we're going to see more and more blatant examples of pride. It's what many experts are calling a narcissism epidemic or the me, me, me generation. You yeah, have best-selling books talking about it, and not always in a negative sense. What's so amazing is how Satan turns everything on its head and completely twists and changes truth as we read about in Romans 1, is there are now saying that being arrogant is good. Trending US Magazine had an article about how young professionals need to be more in your face about their pride, and just because I'm arrogant doesn't mean I'm not right. But Proverbs of course says a man's pride will bring him low, and it's contrary to God's spirit of grace. The connection between pride and the spirit of the Antichrist is just that we're now seeing this type of arrogance like never before, and it's the setting of the stage.
2: You also reference some of the paranormal going on. Hollywood contributes to this with great joy, and I think the amount of the demonic taking place in Hollywood is staggering beyond our comprehension. Very recently, there was a Disney series that's been kind of in the news. It's died down a bit now. But it was so blatant, and that is its production of Little Demon. Now, Little Demon was going to make a great big splash. Then they pulled it, I think due to protests from righteous people. And then I think they slipped it in again. Answers in Genesis did an expose on it. I want to play it and then come back and talk about it.
6: So what is this show, Little Demon? Well, it's a show on FX, a brand new TV series available on Hulu as well. FX is a subsidiary of Disney. And so ultimately, this can be traced back to Disney, ironically enough, in some ways. But the show has this as its premise. This is the self description of the show. 13 years after being impregnated by Satan, a reluctant mother and her Antichrist daughter attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware. The two are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces and Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. Sounds like a great show, huh? Bear in mind that it is an animated show, but it is supposed to be targeting adult audiences. Actually, it has a TV mature rating, at least according to the trailer that we watched. It has adult language, nudity, violence, a lot of gory violence. And so they're targeting adult audiences, but it's animated, which animation draws kids in by default. And then, of course, the show is targeting adults, so kids feel like they're not supposed to watch it. So, how many kids want to go watch it because they're not supposed to watch it? So, let's take a closer look at this show.
0: Look at me. I'm bad grandma. As you
6: can tell from the clips, the show is full of all sorts of dark images about hell about the devil, makes light of these ideas. Of course, it's meant to be a comedy of sorts. And so, of course, i to be making fun of the ideas in general, trying to normalize the ideas to a certain degree, present a more palatable view of these ideas according to some. And it's definitely an undermining of the biblical truth and the biblical reality of hell who Satan actually is his actual goals you look at for example Danny DeVito who plays the role of Satan in this show in an interview he said the devil is really not a bad guy he's just misunderstood
5: but the devil is really a good guy don't don't get me
6: wrong really well of course that's a totally unbiblical view about who the devil actually is but that's the portrayal they are giving And so they're giving this different view that's utterly anti-biblical of hell, which makes it seem like it's not that bad. The devil's not that bad of a guy. Maybe hell's not that bad. It may not even be real. So why worry about it?
4: What do you make of this thing? Biblical or the media?
6: (laughs) So no doubt that is a lot to take in. Let's highlight just a few key points as we think about these issues biblically and rightly. First of all, consider the natural progression of sin in a culture the natural progression of sin in a culture is to get worse and worse and worse as a people rebel against god abandon his word abandon his authority they tend towards more of their own authority trying to define right and wrong for themselves and it leads to abandoning a biblical truths and norms and things get worse and worse as a result we see that in the culture happening right before our very eyes if we go to second timothy chapter 3 verse 1 it says this but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty talking about the last days, that's the general context. And then we skip down to verse 13, we read this. Well, evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. They'll go on from bad to worse. So from the time Christ ascended and before he returns, that those will be the last days and things will go from bad to worse. Think about Noah's day, where sin kept getting worse and worse up to the point where Every inclination of their heart was only evil all the time. And so what we read in scripture seems to be playing out in our culture right before our very eyes where people are rejecting biblical truth. Now to the point, and it's not necessarily new, but a new example with this little demon of just utterly making fun of, or making light of the biblical realities of things like hell, Satan, eternity.
2: You are listening to understanding the times radio. I'm Jan Markell. I have on the line from Colorado, pastor JB Hickson. Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, and the book Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. J.B. Hickson, the Spirit of the Antichrist is getting worse and worse, too, just like the clip was saying.
3: We actually talk about that FX series, Little Demons, in Chapter 13 of Spirit of the Antichrist, and it is sickening. But, you know, Hollywood's connection to Luciferianism is pretty well documented. Its satanic roots go way back, including the inspiration for its name. Branches from the holly tree are used in witchcraft in connection with several spells and stories of satanic ritual abuse, underground occult ceremonies, secret Luciferian gatherings have circulated since the city's founding in the mid-19th century. It shouldn't surprise us that they're trying to marginalize and normalize Satan worship and that Hollywood is taking the lead in that. I'm sure you've talked about an upcoming event in Boston this spring called SatanCon, which will be the largest gathering of Satan worshipers in history. It's going to take place in Boston, April 28th to the 30th. Tickets are already on sale. Those who purchase the Demon Circle tickets receive access to the Satanic marketplace. There's all kinds of breakout sessions by Satan worshipers. This is another sign of the times in the lead up to the return of the Lord as Satanism which has largely been something that's done in dark smoke-filled rooms behind the scenes is now becoming mainstream.
2: So true. I think of the Commonwealth Games held in July of 2022. Obviously, the heralded, the guest of the event was at that time, Prince Charles. At the Commonwealth Games, they rolled out a 30-foot bull that people bowed down to, and then a woman climbed on top of it with a woman riding the beast, To me, it was a play on the activities in the Book of Revelation. And then I go back to the Gotthard Base Tunnel of 2016, which was attended by a number of world leaders. It was an eight-hour satanic ceremony there in Switzerland with a goat man and everything that has to do with evil and the devil. As I was watching it in 2016, I thought, how much more blatant can things get? Then came the Commonwealth Games in 2022. If people are trying to understand this, there's no shortage of information they can be considering and analyzing.
3: We talk about groups like Bohemian Grove yep. in Chapter 6, which is another satanic gathering of world elites and American political leaders. There's a strong, well-documented connection between what many people think of as the globalist agenda and the fact that it is really a satanic agenda, as the Bible clearly outlines.
2: I'm glad you said that because, again, the purpose of the two weeks that we're doing on this topic is the rise of the One World System, the rush to the One World System. Who is participating in this rush to the One World System? Last week, folks, we looked almost for an hour at the World Economic Forum in the Davos of mid-January. You can find that on my website under radio. You can watch either the video or listen to the audio. You can find it on YouTube, on Rumble, on his channel, on LightSource. This week, we're continuing that discussion. Last week, we focused like a laser beam on WEF. This week, a number of different topics, including the rise of the paranormal and the occult, which is heralding all that we're talking about in the spirit of Antichrist. You have a whole chapter on the coming one world religion. I'm just going to read a paragraph and a half. You say, it is fitting that we save the spirit of pluralism for last in our examination of the spirit of Antichrist. Religious pluralism refers to the satanic notion that all religions are equally valid pathways to heaven. That is, according to pluralists, there is nothing unique or exclusive about Christ and his atoning work on the cross. As the battle between God and Satan nears its climax in the end times, The devil is doing all he can to rally god's enemies under one banner his diabolical plan involves the establishment of a centralized one world religion and then you conclude at its core the battle between satan and god is a spiritual battle it is about who will be worshipped god or the devil when the antichrist establishes the one world religion there will be no middle ground And then you talk about a number of things as we wind this interview down. As the global religion is rising, you do talk about Catholicism, and I want to go there in a moment, but first you indicate that Christianity in America would have to decline for what we're talking about to even rise. We are the most Christianized nation in the world, and yet it is clear that Christianity is not on the ascendancy, it really is on the decline in America
3: that's right out of 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Timothy 4. We see the great last days apostasy. Our mutual friend David Fiorazzo and I have talked about that extensively, and I speculate that we're probably looking at maybe only 5% of the Christian church in America is still standing firmly on the authority of God's Word and proclaiming the inerrancy of Scripture. It's just another indication of the days and times in which we live. Satan has to bring down Christianity so that he can rise up this one world pluralistic religion. The Antichrist, Daniel tells us, is going to exalt and magnify himself above every god. He's going to speak blasphemies against God. He's going to open his mouth and blaspheme his name, Revelation 13, 6 tells us. He's going to show no regard for the gods of his fathers, Daniel 11:37. So the future one word religion is not going to be Islamic or some current religion that takes over. It's going to be a convergence of all religions under Satan himself as he indwells the Antichrist who then at the midpoint of the tribulation, as you know, sets himself up as God and demands that everyone worship him, which is what Jesus and Daniel called the abomination of desolation. All of these things have to happen together to make way for what the Bible describes in its prophetic pages.
2: I'm not quite leaving this coming one world religion because you talk about the gains within evangelicalism. A large portion of my listeners would fall into that camp. This is not evangelical, the ELCA, but you cite them as stating there may be a hell, but I think it is empty. That would be the head of the ELCA. Christianity Today made the statement that hell is intolerable cruelty. Christianity Today, some would say, is an evangelical publication. I think that's a little bit questionable. J.B. Hickson, I look at and have monitored the National Association of Evangelicals for 30 years and I'm watching their website, and in 30 years it's gone from an emphasis on salvation and evangelical issues to environmentalism, ending poverty, the social gospel, immigration. This is not the National Council of Churches, it's the National Association of Evangelicals. That has been my barometer of where evangelical Christianity may be heading, which I think is partly your point here.
3: There was a day when the term evangelical was coined to distinguish the modernists from the fundamentalists back in the 30s and 40s. And originally, evangelical meant belief in a personal relationship with God, a born-again experience by faith. It meant belief in the inerrancy of Scripture, and it meant belief in the Trinity. Those were the three sine qua non of evangelicalism. But like so many other things in the Luciferian agenda, words have lost their meaning. Just as gay used to mean happy, and now it means perverse, evangelical used to mean conservative, and now it means completely apostate. It's a slippery slope as they try to take over every facet of culture.
2: If you'd like to check out Volume 1 and Volume 2 of The Spirit of Antichrist, they are in my bookstore online, olivetreeviews.org, olivetreeviews.org, give my office a call. Get on our newsletter lists. We're kind of winding down the conversation, J.B. Hickson, and again, find him at notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. I have called Pope Francis the vicar of the New World Order. He is a globalist. His politics are so far left, he's almost into the socialist slash communist camp. And you feel that the Catholic Church fits into the scenario that we're talking about for the last two weeks. I do want to play one more clip of Amir Sarfadi commenting on the Catholic Church. But
7: I am offering today a different perspective. I believe That there is an existing religion that is ready to be as a shell for something new that is being injected into it. And I'm talking about the Catholic Church. This is the only one that fits the bill of all the descriptions of the Book of Revelation. The Catholics never ever looked at themselves the way we call them Roman Catholics. Catholicism did not start in Rome. It started in Constantinople in what Istanbul is today. And the word Catholic means universal. It means it belongs to everyone. The Catholic Church today and for the last at least seven, eight years, maybe more, we see an unbelievable concentrated effort with hundreds of millions of dollars that are being poured into it to reach out to every part of world population in order to bring them all under a new concept of the Catholic Church. A few years ago, there was a conference at the Kenneth Copeland Ministries Center in the United States and Bishop Tony Palmer on behalf of Pope Francis came and offered a crowd of enthusiastic, charismatic, Protestant Christians. He came to offer them an offer and he said to them, Catholic means universal. And if you are Christians, it doesn't matter where you're from.
2: You're Catholic. We know that the first thousand years, there was one church. It was called the Catholic Church. And the word Catholic means universal. It doesn't mean Roman. Catholic means if you're born again, raise your hand if you're born again. You're a Catholic.
7: Come back home. Come back to what everything really should be. Take back,
2: redeem what belongs to you. We are Catholics. I've played that clip on air half a dozen times, and it always sets me back a little bit. Your thoughts, J.B. Hickson?
3: Roman Catholicism is a huge part of this growing slide towards pluralism. Popes going all the way back to the 60s, and Vatican Council, II, have been talking about a one-world government and a one-world religion. Pope Benedict said, there's an urgent need for a true world political authority that has the power to ensure compliance with its decisions from all parties. And by the way, by all parties, he means all nations. And then of course, Pope Francis replaced Pope Benedict in 2013. He's the first Jesuit Pope in the history of Roman Catholicism. And he put out a book in 2021. It was a book length interview and the title of it was The World to Come in which he called for a new world order in light of the pandemic. And he said that the only thing worse in the pandemic would be the drama of wasting it. And, of course, he lays out his plan for a one-world religion and a one-world government. It's something that, sadly, is happening very rapidly, and most believers are completely oblivious.
2: So you have a couple more chapters that I do want to get to here. And the one that I want to focus on now is, okay, we've just spent two weeks, last week and this week, talking about the spirit of Antichrist, the rise to the rush to one-world government. The World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Harari. This week, we've looked at some related issues, not so much directly at the World Economic Forum, which was much of last weekend's program. Find it in my website under radio if you missed it and like to either watch the video or listen to the audio. Then you have a chapter as you close the book. Why does it matter? Why do these two weeks matter, J.B. Hickson? Before I get
3: to that, I want to close the loop and connect Agenda 2030, which we talked about, with the Pope. Back on September twenty fifth, 2015, Pope Francis spoke at the U.N. It was when they rolled out Agenda 2030. Fox News covered it. You can find this clip on YouTube. They stated that Pope Francis will set the tone for a summit where leaders will adopt mm-hmm. new global development goals for the next 15 years. So there is a connection between all of this in terms of the One World Religion and the World Economic Forum. And- Why does all of this matter? A lot of Christians think, so what? Let me just stick my head in the sand. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance can be quite dangerous. The reality is this matters for many reasons. And in the final chapter of Volume 2, and also in Volume 1, for that matter, I list 20 or more biblical reasons why all of this should matter to everyone, but especially believers. But the first among them is just that the Bible talks about it. We're to study the whole counsel of God. Everything God revealed to us in his self-revelation to mankind, the Bible, is for our own good. It's for life and godliness, and we don't want to ignore a huge portion of that. 16% of the Bible, Jen, as I'm sure you know, is unfulfilled Bible prophecy. So if you ignore all of this information about the coming one-world system, you're only studying 84% of the Bible. It matters both personally as we prepare, because if the Lord tarries is coming, we're going to see a lot of these issues begin to happen even before the Antichrist is unveiled after the rapture. So for the good of our families, for the good of our children and grandchildren, we need to be aware of what's happening. Like we talked about earlier, the Luciferian timetable that I talk about in chapter 4 is all about what their blueprint is. It's very important for us to understand the blueprint of the enemy, both from a biblical perspective and practical perspective.
2: As I'm running out of time, we can't leave out perhaps the most important few minutes of the last two weeks programming, and that would be the coming reset, the greatest reset, God's reset. If you wouldn't mind summing that up, please take your time.
3: So we have an epilogue in the Volume 2 that we call The Greatest Reset, and it was an article that was first published on Harbinger's Daily many months ago, but it describes the fact that even though there's a lot of bad news out there right now, the Bible contains good news as well. The bad news is that certainly Satan is going to have his day for seven years through the Antichrist in fulfillment of Bible prophecy. But the good news is Jesus Christ himself will come back and take the throne. He will defeat death, hell, and the grave. He'll defeat Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Psalm 2 talks about how he has set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And Jesus Christ will come back, rule in perfect peace and righteousness. And it will be an eternal kingdom, never to be destroyed again, as Daniel talks about in Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. I always like to remind people, are you ready for the greatest reset? Have you placed your faith in the only one who can forgive sin and give the free gift of eternal life? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. And God's word promises, he who believes in the son has everlasting life. He who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. We would be remiss if we didn't, especially with as broad a reach as your ministry has, we know that providentially unbelievers may be stumbling upon this program. And if you're listening to this program today and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation, today is the day. Place your faith in Jesus Christ.
2: J.B. Hickson, it has been a privilege to spend two weeks with you. The book is The Spirit of Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, and that is an ominous title. And in fact, that gathering cloud of deception can be overwhelming, but we wanted to send you home with the good news. The Great Reset includes the rapture of the church, the millennial kingdom, the new heavens and the new earth, and Satan absolutely defeated eventually. Again, you can find both books, volume one and volume two, in my online store, olivetreeviews.org. You can find my DVD, Hidden in Plain View, The New World Order in Bible Prophecy, that's in that bookstore as well. Get on our newsletter lists and we'll inform you that way jb hickson so nice to have you with me for two weeks thank you for giving up the time i appreciate it i'm going to go out of the program after two weeks talking about people in high places conspiring to usher in the kingdom of antichrist i want to go out of this two-part series reading psalm 2 because god really does scoff at foolish twisted men Psalm 2, we read, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Folks, I want to thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again next week.
0: Contact us through our website, olivetreeviews.org. That's olivetreeviews.org. Call us Central Time at 763-559-4444. That's 763-559-4444. We get our mail when you write to Olive Tree Ministries and Jan Markell, box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. All gifts are tax deductible. It is both a privilege and a challenge to be born for such a time as this. We have a front row seat to the final act as the curtain is about to rise and we can see how God is causing all things to fall into place.